What's up, guys? It's Hard Rock Nick, one of the richest men in the world, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, the show you're too scared to tell your girlfriend that you watch. Quit your crying, put on your big boy panties, and let's get this show on the road. P.S. Beavis is my baby daddy. Hard Rock Nick the fuck out. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? My name's Austin with FTM Alerts, and with me as always, my wonderful co-host, Mr. Crypto Clay, Double Sharp, $24, and Justin, I need a Celsius Beavis. Did you bring an energy drink today, bro? I did not, but I might get one later in the episode. 24, how many phantom shirts and matching do-rags do you have like i y'all remember ernest goes to camp where he would like open up his closet you probably remember double <laughs> yeah, and he had yeah. like the same thing in there like a hundred times man that's kind of like what i picture 24's closet looking like he's just got different colored shit with matching do-rags I all right all right <laughs> so does anyone else feel like they aged like five years this week man i am I was just in the mirror looking at my eyes and I'm like, oh my God, I look so tired. It's just been, it's just been so much. Yo, JW, big shout out to you, buddy. Do me a favor, like this video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, you, Anderson. I think it only took 37 weeks for me to remember to ask you to do that at the beginning of the show <laughs> instead of at the end of the show. So, all right, let's get Dudes, dudes tell me I'm pale as if it like, we're not just out of winter. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you live in you live in southern california be, what winter are you experiencing everybody says that though but it's still like 60 degrees on the beach and, and kind yeah. of windy so i don't i don't blame yeah. the guy like it is it is it is not, it it is not so nice deepest. winter there's no winter excuse. is perfect sweater weather here which makes it the ultimate climate <laughs> but sweater weather is not conducive to tanning Oh my god, dude! Yeah, the extent I've, of your your sun exposure, I think, is in the morning when you get off the toilet and walk to the coffee shop and then back to your house. Like that's <laughs> probably less, honestly, less than that nowadays. I've heard people <laughs> to walk to the coffee shop, which is why I've been chugging energy drinks. Yo, AS, there is a ray of sunshine that shines in. There's a window in my bathroom, and after I uh, poop, uh, it shines on me for a little, and I think that's probably maxing out my sun meter. <laughs> All right, let's get after it. Now, dude, this is hilarious. Like, I have gotten messages from people that have been in crypto as long as me, which is, you know, five years at this point. I'm class of 2017. And and they're saying to me, what do you think about the Tether FUD? And I'm like, like, which which time? Like, since I got into crypto, I think we've had like five or six Tether FUD incidents. And like, for better or worse, that's the stable coin that is just weather the storm man and of course we had the most recent tether fud uh which you know 
whatever the hell it was. But there was a large amount of tether that left the market cap, uh, about nine billion in redemptions that was done recently. And they came out this morning with uh, another attestation, which we should probably talk about, like what that is exactly. But uh, you know what? Let me just pull up the tether article real quick and i can keep you guys i got you the tldr brother you got it fired up bro fired up yeah. i love a test so 17 <laughs> percent decrease in commercial paper holdings uh over prior quarter so from 24.2 billion to 20.1 billion assets on hand are 82 billion uh if you think about their daily trade volume about 51 billion their assets exceed their liabilities and for a $74 billion market cap stablecoin, that pretty much is the underpinning of the ecosystem, then I think that's the kind of read, readout that we need. I don't know how, you know, I don't think these audits are public. I'm not sure even who put it on, but, you know, it's a, it's a Well, I don't even know, out. like, is this a big three auditing firm that's doing this? Or is this like some small oh. auditor that goes in, puts yeah. eyes on it, and attests that it's real? Yeah. This is it was It was a... Uh, authorized by accounting firm MHA Cayman, and it was a yeah. part of a settlement with the New York general attorney in February 2021. I can read, guys. So, MHA Cayman, so it's some guy named Michael Herman Asshat that you know is like, uh, who was the attorney we were just talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, Saul, better call Saul? He, he, yeah, he's like better call Saul <laughs> in some office in the Caymans that's just flipping through corporate papers. Yeah, but. But every every quarter they have to do this to be more transparent to for, so people know what ba backs the stablecoin. So to some extent, though, you are like any USDC or any of them that say they have backing that's audited or reviewed. Like you are, you're still trusting the auditors in in that company. Like they're probably they're all probably telling the truth, but you are taking their word for it. You're not actually looking at at their books. It's if not uh, if like. Corporate auditing is uh, similar to smart contract auditing. I don't know if I'd trust MH Cayman, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> Who knows, man? I, I had no experience dealing with financial auditors. so I can tell you this, though. The longer that they're in the market, maintaining peg, weathering major crypto financial downturns and storms, you know, the more faith I have in them. And you look at exchanges like uh, FTX and Binance and your big exchanges, which like almost exclusively run off of Tether. Like they use the other stable coins, but you know who's really underpinning a lot of this stuff and it's, it's going to be USDT. So um, yeah. Hopefully, and, and what keeps their peg is their redemptions. Bottom line. So, all right, Everybody all right, all right. Talking. Everybody, yo, twenty four. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I was gonna shit talk on twenty four. What are you? Yeah, eating, I stopped eating as soon as I read that. I didn't know you guys could hear. I've what been are you eating, eating Captain like, Crunch for months? For months on this show. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm waiting <laughs> for you to pull out that six foot sub from off camera and just like put it in your mouth. No, day. I'm telling you guys, this is delicious. But I'm gonna stop eating it. I'm not ruining combo. Uh, Raycon Graviton moving from Phantom to Ethereum. I actually didn't hear about that one, but it, it's not an isolated incident, unfortunately. Uh, all right, so let's get into some uh, potentially positive news and, and Double Sharp and JB. I'm gonna turn this over to you. So, uh, Pebble DB update for Go Opera. What is it? Why should we care? Uh, how's it going to affect the everyday user? Um, so Pebble, oh, so. Go Opera, which is the client software for 
for Phantom um, is based on Geth, which is the Ethereum client. And the internal database that it uses is called LevelDB, which is written in C. Um, and GoOpera is written in Go. And so the LevelDB wrapper has a wrapper around it to be able to use it. And it's, it's like getting a little bit older at this point. So it's not necessarily the fastest. And that's what all of the underlying data for um, for Phantom is, is stored in for the you know all of the blockchain data, the DAG data, all of that. So PebbleDB is a newer implementation that's compliant with the the same API, so you can do the same um, calls to it as you can to PebbleDB, but it's written in GoLang, which is the same as as um, the client's written in, so you don't have to have a wrapper around it. It has improved. Um, data structures, performance, things like that. So by replacing the underlying data structures or and, and storage layer, persistence layer, then you can make make it process stuff faster because it's doing less work to to write stuff to and from, read stuff from disk and write to disk. Um, I don't know if anyone has tried to run an RPC server or validator, but um, you have to have like super fast hard drives and it's constantly doing tons of IO and kind of hard to keep up. So if you make that more efficient, then hopefully um, you should see the, the overall usage of the server go down so it can handle more, more transactions and so help, help things speed up, uh, make it easier to run an RPC node, run a validator. All the snap sync stuff will make that faster too. Is this going to have an effect over like transactions on the network and you know the everyday user experience? I, mean, I don't know about right away, but... It, it, I would say probably and definitely over time, like these are, you know, as I mentioned before, a lot of the times gas prices and the costs of executing a transaction just comes down to how much um, the network can handle. So if you're able to handle more uh, load by virtue of making your storage more efficient, then it, it's cheaper overall to execute a transaction. So, I mean, you know, 100 way gas price versus 1,000 versus 10,000 versus 100,000 are drastically different amounts to pay for a transaction. And that's all based on load and, and how many people are waiting in the queue and how fast it can run through all the transactions. So the faster you can process transactions, the cheaper it is. Let's go, So let's go. Double sharp. I was, I I was reading an article in, in layman's terms. I basically read that this was gonna create a 90% decrease in memory consumption on chain, which thus would improve network performance. Um, mm -hmm. is that like kind of the, is that the it's simple gonna, man's so answer it, to it's that, but it, I mean, it, there's more to it than that because it's, it reduces the amount. So the, the actual, um, blockchain size right now is 3.7, 3.8 terabytes and constantly growing, which is obviously pretty bad big. Um, mm -hmm. so by changing the underlying data structures, what's actually being stored, you can reduce that size significantly. And then on top of that, the actual saving that data and reading it is also more efficient. So it, the whole process is generally more efficient by requiring less disk space, requiring less processing power, hopefully requiring less fast hard drives, uh, things like that. And even if it doesn't require less fast hard drives, then um, you're still going to see more performance out of them because it's just able to read and write from the database faster. All right. Last question. Is this another step towards the mythical FVM? Yes. Like, <laughs> I would say these are things that are parts of the FVM. All right. There you go. 
Okay. Alrighty then. So uh, we talked about some Pebble DB shit. I, you know, somebody said in there with everything going on, why are we talking about Pebble DB? And I, and I got to be honest with you guys, like we, uh, what I was hoping to do is like front load some cool stuff into the show because we had so much uncool shit happen this week that like we were just kind of just hoping to, you know, put a positive and spin on it. I also, I do think that the, like these things are directly related to some of the um, negative things that have happened. Like when, when there's been a ton of transactions on the network, gas prices have gone very high because that's how gas auctions work. So all of this stuff actually, like any, any person who is like frustrated with transactions getting through, Things like this help alleviate those problems. So I do think this is actually relevant to some of the, like, it's, a, you know, I'm sure they were working on it as fast as they could, but having this like a few weeks ago, maybe you wouldn't have, have seen some of the congestion on the network because it's able to run through stuff more quickly. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but all of these improvements are working towards that goal. So um, going forward, once this is in production, you don't have to, um, you know, hopefully you don't have to pay as much uh, for transactions to, to actually get them processed. They'll process more quickly, all that sort of stuff. So it's okay. whoever said that it is, it is relevant to this stuff and positive. Big time. Thank you, Devil Sharp. I feel better. Clay said he was going to come on stream and shit rainbows and unicorns today. So I think, I think, I think that was due to his, the energy drink that he's drinking. All right. So let's talk about this next one, which uh, is positive with, some con potential concerns being raised. And I want to talk about what those are real quick. So uh, it, for, for anyone that doesn't know, FUSD for years now has been uh, a potential quote unquote stable coin uh, that can be minted in the F wallet using staked phantom. Now it has never been pegged due to the fact that liquidations were never made active, right? So nobody can, you know, you can mint these but you can max it out. There's never going to be a liquidation uh, event as of right now. Now, the foundation came out and said, hey, they they have liquidations basically ready to go. I think they said they were sending it to an auditor. Is that right, guys? Am I correct? Anyone? Yes. That's, okay. It was The contracts were done being audited. They would be ready in a few weeks. I think we okay. So one concern that I, you know, obviously in the wake of UST, everyone is like uber, uber concerned uh, that another UST will happen. And I can put everyone's concerns to rest that the mechanism behind FUSD is fundamentally different than UST. It's going to be an over collateralized stable coin in, in a similar way to uh, die in a similar way to MIM. So on the one hand, you don't have to worry about that sort of a thing. But I do want to bring up a concern that I heard that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and and Double Sharp, I'll let you chime in on the actual potential to liquidate here. But so what people said was, so if Phantom is the only collateral being used, it really puts us at some risk of a very large cascading liquidations. And you can almost look at this in the sense of it basically leverages the price of Phantom for everyone, <laughs> right? And I'm going to give you an example of why this is. If you if you go to Maker and you want to mint Dai, there's going to be a basket of assets that you can put up as collateral: wrapped Bitcoin, Ethereum, a whole shitload of other you know blue chip uh, ways that you can mint Dai. And if your collateral drops below your liquidation level, what they're going to do is they're going to come in and they're going to liquidate your asset 
right? And and that's really not going to have an effect over the price of Maker, which is their native token, because if you have a Bitcoin collateral, they're going to liquidate that. If you have Ethereum collateral, they're going to liquidate that. And so it's kind of a system that, that can operate independently of itself and not really have a great effect over the actual token price, which is what people might buy to speculate on the system. Now, if if you were to take that same system and say only the the maker token could be used as collateral right and the the price of the maker token drops here's what's going to happen there's going to be pools of liquidity that are going to be sitting within this this particular dap and the liquidators are going to be looking for those pools of liquidity right you can hunt liquidations essentially and when you see price getting close to that what you can do is you can go push the price down a little bit past the liquidation level and liquidate now here's what's going to happen when you liquidate it it's going to automatically sell the underlying token thereby pushing the price down further into the next pool of liquidity and then what's going to happen rinse and repeat it's going to happen again and it's going to happen again assuming there's sufficient pools of liquidity to keep pushing it down so cascading liquidations yeah. so in no. the case of fix correct me if i'm wrong here bb correct me if i'm wrong um i would say making the equivalent using maker to mint die i think is not quite right because maker compared to ethereum is an illiquid shitcoin that nobody wants compared to ethereum uh it's still a great coin i love i love maker and i love die but compared to ethereum now I would say Phantom, of course, compared to Ethereum as well, is kind of an illiquid shitcoin that nobody wants. But, you know, if if Phantom were to have um, some means for validators, I think is a really big one, to exert uh, some of financial pressure onto the chain, which would, in almost all cases, be upwards pressure. Um and I'm not sure if validators can mint SFTM. Uh, I'm, I they, think they, they can. can. Any, um, any state can mint it. Well, any locked state can mint it. And, and with Maker's kind of diversity of assets, uh, there's also centralization risks that have come up with them adding some of these assets. Because when you add Bitcoin, when you add USDC, you know, Maker's collateral pool is like something like, I don't know if it's still like 60%, but um, <laughs> Maker's collateral pool is like 60% USDC, which totally ruins the entire point of their stablecoin. Now I'm blurry. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> because now, now, I mean, you know, USDC and Maker are both like Coinbase ventures, you know, babies uh, to a certain extent. But, you know, now... USDC or Circle Pay or the CIA, whoever calls the shots over there, if they wanted to turn Please. off Maker and they wanted to turn off Dai, they could because they could freeze like 60% of their collateral in an instant. And then you're talking about Bitcoin. If you accept Bitcoin as collateral, suddenly you have people with way more money than any of us able to just drop bombs in the liquidity pool and take over uh, aspects of Maker. Um, and this is like, you know, this is kind of really like ETH maxi type uh, perspective here, but um, I'm kind of mirroring it on the phantom side. Uh, and it's like, I think like 
any downside, like cascading liquidations aren't an issue of the software. Like it's not the software's fault. Like no matter what, there will be software that people can utilize to leverage Phantom. And no matter what, there are going to be cascading liquidations. And all this does is give people, dude, I'm so blurry. All this does is really <laughs> got to come people, back into focus. Um, utility that wouldn't have otherwise had utility. I would say to me, the biggest risk is now if you open like a delta neutral hedge against your phantom and let's say you're up two thousand percent against phantom uh it kind of adds a lot more risk to the kind of pos system so if like you know validators if the cost of validators keep going down if they're able to open delta neutral hedges uh or or they're able to mint fusd Dude, my webcam has lost pegs. <laughs> if they're able to mint FUSD, uh, y- you know, they they will mu- be much, you know, more able to take, say, a slashing or, you know, um, validate transactions incorrectly because they'll have probably swapped to USDC and taken whatever 30% or, or whatever LTV ratio is allowed uh, off-chain. That, to me, is the concern. I think, like... The cascading liquidations thing, that's going to happen no matter what. That is inevitable. If anything, it will diversify people's like tooling. So like any one uh, money market or any one lending platform doesn't get crushed. But I mean, um, isn't there bigger concerns? Uh, look at the first sentence, dude. I, I don't know why people – this is my, my issue with some of the stuff. Um, you make a tweet saying FUSD is over collateralized and – People just have to accept that. Where, whereas, if you just quickly look at the contracts, it's not over collateralized now. It used to be when FTM was worth a lot. It's not anymore. There's 22.9 million FUSD in circulation. If you look at the FMIC contract right now, there's only 22.4 million dollars worth of Phantom. So that's a, a, literally an under collateralized stablecoin. So yeah. if if the price action on Phantom continues to spiral, that's a big issue. Um, <clears throat> secondly, the token's not decentralized as as much as it was before. Um, with the recent uh, fiasco on Scream, Scream and one uh, Scream's LP, Scream's um, addresses make up 90%. So there's three addresses that make up 90% of the total supply of FUSD. Um, mentioning U- UST, I feel like it's just a buzzword. I don't like there needs to be better communication in terms of what's going to happen with this. Like uh, Twitter characters, 280 is just not enough to to really describe what what's going to be happening to FUSD to SFTM holders. Uh, and recently, it, it it feels like government uh, governance in regards to this has been abandoned just because nothing's reaching quorum. They're on Twitter doing polls. Like should Deus run it, which I a lot of people are you can even see in our comments are scared to see that Deus would be running FUSD given their issues with their own stable coin. So there's so there's some stuff. I like I like the initiative, it's positive, but uh just to say it's over collateralized when right now it's actually not over collateralized is just is blatantly untrue. Well, well but they wasn't that the that, difference. Though. Yeah, what wasn't that the difference of introducing liquidations to try to bring right. it back, like V V yeah, you know, no, contract version V one back to peg and then V two new tokenomics collateralization new contract like was I mean that, and that is that is what they're trying to do right to, uh, a thirty percent LTV ratio 
then that means we're going to see like however many millions of phantom liquidated on chain, you know, and that will cause more cascading liquidations. And it's like, yeah, um, you know, it, it just it just sucks that like I wish they would just like you know fuck the old FUSD and and spin up a new uh, protocol um, because that Isn't would be. That- Wait, 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 easier. I thought there was like a V1 being deprecated and then a new V2 or, or something like that was one of the Dude, I... <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's another thing that, that I think we should talk about. So, and I learned this from, from Double Sharp. So as of right now, uh, a single address can mint staked FTM. Do not and then for go it, use it as collateral for FUSD. <laughs> but... Only that same address can repay that debt and then unlock the underlying phantom. So in this case, uh, the way that it's currently set up, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Double Sharp or Justin, uh, it would it would be pretty much impossible under the current setup for an external liquidator to come in and liquidate that position due to the fact that they couldn't, in fact, pay it back because they're not the address that minted it. Am I correct in that, Double Sharp, or am I wrong? Well, is there a liquidation I, mechanic? No, not now. But like, I think you could liquidate the FUSD for SFTM, but I don't know if you would. You wouldn't be able to redeem necessarily redeem the SFTM for staked FTM unless you were the one who had minted it because it's tied to an EOA. Right. Um, but those contracts are also could be updated. Um, the way that it's set up now with the SFC stake tokenizer contract and the sftm contract when you you only one address can when you like that you can only stake to a validator and lock for you know a, one period of time you can't lock different amounts of ftm for different periods of time with the same validator because it's tied to your your address so once you do that then your address can lock some of that once you do that you can mint sftm from the locked ftm but all of this is your wallet eoa so um, if you ended up with extra, like, I, I guess one of the things that I'm not clear on is like, if you end up with extra FUSD, which in theory, if you're minting it, the whole idea is that you're going to be transacting with it in some ways. And typically like you're going to buy something or trade it or whatever, and someone's going to end up with more and someone's going to end up with less. So if you wanted to, to get it back to the staked um, phantom, or if you were the person who minted it originally and then lost all of it because you bought something with it and then you didn't have more FTM to be able to go through the whole process to pay it back. I'm not sure how you would ever get back the staked um, FTM. I think it would just kind of be stuck on the SFC. Um, but, you know, all of these contracts can be changed. So um, I'm not sure what the, the actual long-term plan is. So, I mean, for people that are asking on the side there, I mean, the ability to to support the network i mean let's just start with the need for the network to be supported through staked phantom it's very important and for you know when there's a lot of yield within a DeFi ecosystem people are going to have to make a choice between staking and supporting the network or participating in yield now stater came in with their liquid staking option and gave us one option <clears throat> the other option is for people that are directly staking through the f wallet this would be your other option here is you would be able to mint FUSD. But it sounds like to me, uh, in its current form, there would have to be some changes. Am I right about that? 
I mean, there would definitely be changes to to some of it. I'm not, and I'm not sure. I don't. I I like. I mean, I haven't looked at these contracts in over a year, um, but like, I'm not totally sure they were built with change in mind. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be that easy to update them, or I don't even know technically speaking, how they plan on running these liquidations. Um, it's all pretty uh, confusing. And I know they've like mentioned, oh, we're doing liquidations before. Um, I, I'm not even 100% sure it's technically possible. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm sure that something is possible um, and, and maybe that's what they're working on. But I think they might like be digging into um, like... I, I honestly have no clue. Well, um, that was one Justin, of the things that... you know what helps? That communication, like a, a nice little article write-up about what you're doing versus a tweet where half of it's talking about UST. Like, who gives a shit about UST? How are you doing these liquidations? How are they occurring? Um, to me, the easier part is the liquidations on screen. That, that's definitely achievable um, to, to liquidate those the FUSD assets for... Uh, and then to repay that mm -hmm. the underlying loans, but um, somebody did the numbers. I know this is a later topic, but that's not that. And the die fixes are still going to leave them insolvent. But anyways, like just communicate that better. You're confused. Most people are confused. People staking their phantom are confused. Uh, just more communication in that regards. It would be cool to uh, if they just like supported Stater. Like uh, that would be neat. I think Stater has um, some really, really good tech. Uh, you know, I'm not like a Stater investor or anything. Uh, I just like talk to their <laughs> team lead. They're just a cool ass uh, team. A lot. Yeah, they and are. They're really, like, really friendly and uh, really care a lot about the tech. If they invested in like a really nice audit for the Stater team and like uh, supported them and stopped caring so much about, you know, whatever the hell. You know, if FUSD is like 30 cents or useless or worth nothing, like there are plenty of tokens that are worth nothing and are the result of failed projects. Like why care so much about it? Why not? Like it, it's like they're operating two years ago, like their their brains are in the two years ago mode when they have like so much cool tech on chain and so much cool tech kind of uh, in the DeFi space generally. Um, that they could accomplish much the same thing without having to deal with all the technical debt of FUSD. Um, but yeah, Austin, can you pull that comment? I uh, I was just yeah. finding it. There. Holy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I died of laughter. <laughs> hey, you're, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. Uh, Twenty four well, yeah. is a so, smart guy. So Twenty four. I realized I was I was muted when I kept Like so, the one of the things <laughs> I like Stater. My like the. You know, the other side of it, though, is that that does basically do away with governance if everyone's staking through them because you're holding an ERC-20 token that there's no way to actually vote with it anymore. So you are handing over your governance to through them. And I don't know if they have a process set up for doing any of that. Um, I do like the liquid staking stuff that I was working on. Um, the way that I was trying to solve it for the SFC was to use NFTs on top of it so that the debt cart was um, also liquid. And then that way, even if you ended up with a staked position that had a debt, 
that you didn't have funds to to pay back, you could sell that or give it to somebody else if you or whatever. Um, and then it, it wasn't necessarily tied to an EOA. So there are ways to set it up. I think you just if you're going to make one side of it liquid, you also have to make the debt side of it liquid. Yeah, I just I just don't know how they're going to do it with uh, uh, like the liquidations and the existing system. Like, can they can they swap out like uh, one set of contracts and just suddenly they can liquidate? Um, I feel like at this point, like if I were them and you had the possibility to liquidate people, I would just fucking make like a, a dummy contract that could only liquidate and then throw that on there and like check health ratios and liquidate. Because what what is the other contract set doing besides continuing like down this road of like, you know, more and more and more and more and more debt, uh, more and more bad debt, um, you know, and Davis, isn't we don't even know what SFTM is worth. Like, is S SFTM really worth one third of a dollar uh, or is SFTM worth like 10 percent of a dollar? You know, it's like there are there are so many questions that like how things are set up right now. There's no real way to find answers to them without like really kind of intense data modeling and, you know, comparisons to other similar things in the market. Um, Cause like STETH, uh, I would not really compare to SFTM because STETH is like, you can utilize anywhere, anyhow, you know, um, it's kind of like stator. Um, so I don't know, like I, I really am not sure um, if they're going about this the right way. And I feel like they're so caught up in their past mistakes that they can't just like look forward. Um, and I think that's like kind of what they need to be doing, but I don't know. It, it's a big mystery and that's why we're speculating. They could have like a genius plan and they could well, be executing, but um, this is, I guess this is the other part that I'm not clear on is I like they're, it does set like the plan was to hand FUSD off to someone else to run. So it would be like, not the foundation's plan, but then the foundation also seems to have a plan. So I don't, I'm not totally sure um, like who, who would be dictating the design or facilitating upgrading the contracts. It just, there is like a lot of stuff that the found, if it's being handed over to another team, like the foundation is going to have to change ownership of contracts or upgrade them or whatever for, for that to happen anyway. So I don't, I think it might have just been like reactionary to some of the, Luna stuff, and so um, I mean, I don't. I also wonder what <laughs> plan yet. So we'll see. We have to see what what comes out. But I, I think that was the plan, though. Uh, well, sharp. Like, yo, CB straight hitting on you. Well, out there, I, I mean, but but if they like, so that eulogy or Deus had their plan, but then the governance vote failed. Fair. The foundation gotcha. is supporting their plan, but I don't know if it's still going through governance to actually decide who takes it over. It may not be eulogy. And if it's someone else who has a different plan, I assume that that would be how FUSD is run. Um, right. But I mean, the other thing I guess I could point out is like, you don't, I mean, you, you can like build up, you can build stuff. Like I built stuff on top of SFC to like work around all of the SFTM stuff. So you can definitely do it. Like I so is there, an answer, is there an answer solely for the Scream liquidations for FUSD as opposed to just the FUSD that's just out in the ethos, basically? I mean, like, uh, if you look at the Scream tweet, 
Yeah, the I mean, there are, there are answers. There are a lot of answers to that, I can say. And um, uh, Goober, um, my kind of partner in crime, uh, he sat in like a war room for six hours um, trying to figure out and, and what to do with all this debt and then like start paying all this debt. Um, so there are, there are like options. Uh, really, I think the mission right now is to um, get as, I mean, like everything in Scream is over collateralized. I think probably like right now you get as close to fully covered as you can, and then you just drop, uh, LTV ratios a little bit across the board or, or start inching them down, um, just to ensure that you have like a lot of overhead, um, or, or the protocol has a lot of overhead. So, um, I, I know they're working, I, I, I'm not going to say exactly like all the people they're working with because I don't know uh, if that's like private information or not. Wait, did um, we shift over to talking about Scream? Yeah. We, we hold on. We gotta we we gotta give background on what happened because I think <laughs> people are not going to know the context. You're getting all into yeah. some really deep technical. Sure. Shit. So, all, yeah. All right. We're moving away from FUSD and we're talking about this FUSD now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so what happened FUSD over on the in uh, but staking contracts FUSD in who can give screen. us the whole scenario start to finish? I would, this yo. Before before we do that though, Austin, like final thought on the FUSD thing, like you raised an amazing point, which is the maker token's down seventy seven percent right now. Like the phantom token's down ninety percent. If if this model's built solely off a basket of phantom tokens, and then we see price drops like that, like that's a very well. No, so here's all here's all that means. It's going to go up faster because people are going to use it to mint FUSD, and it's going to go down a fuckload faster (laughs) because there's going to be liquidations the whole way down, kicking us down. It's the exact same thing we just experienced, but we experienced it because a couple of whales had loans out, and it just shit the whole network basically. So let's talk about scream real quick though this is this is important so so a while back you guys all remember stake stake and they're now rebranded yeah. to the revenant token like they were just dedicated to to pinning fusd to a dollar or getting it as close as possible and in an effort to do that a while back because zam is the lead dev over at scream uh, they added fusd as collateral with a cap and i believe that cap was like 2 or 3 million FUSD, if I'm not mistaken, and it was supposed to be stopped right there. Um, and then something happened. Maybe one of you guys can explain to me what happened. But I think what happened is the FUSD limit was set to zero, which in fact means infinite. Am I? That's just what I heard. I believe it was unpaused, or it was that um, I didn't get the information, but it was like that for uh, I believe 18 days. And right. some people in the know started noticing. The public started to notice when um, the stable rates skyrocketed. Um, but it was a combination of two things. It was two markets that um, that weren't really the best for Scream. Um, it would be how do you say it's dot D D whatever that stable day, coin. Day. Yeah, day. Because yep. uh, I don't want to scare people saying that uh, die is off peg, but day is. Uh, was hard coded to a dollar on the Oracle, um, and the LTV for that was 85%. Um, so that really wasn't the best stablecoin to have, as people basically traded the shitcoin stablecoin for real assets. And when the actual peg kind of destabilized, um, 
a screen was left with bad debt. Um, but in terms of FUSD, that was just a mistake, I guess. Uh, the second I saw that the Austin pool was right, zero week yeah. was infinite. Yeah, exactly. So when as soon as I noticed that pool, I just let uh, Scream know to pause it. But uh, it's a combination of those two those two vaults that kind of like spiraled it out of control into insolvency. So yeah, there's a lesson old. here for everyone that likes stable coins and, and is watching lending markets. If you see a lending market that puts a stable coin in there with a high risk of potentially depegging, buy that shit and take a loan against it. And if it does depeg, <laughs> you're going to make money on your loan. Yeah. All right. I was going to say the, to the to the guy who was uh, talking about, like, you should make a way to short stable coins. Dude, why do you think... <laughs> My voice cracked. Jesus, why do you think? Uh, <laughs> Puberty, why man. do you think people had so much motivation to push Ted UST off peg? Like there, are, there were so many like loans that just went totally, totally like underwater. Uh, well, on the protocols end, um, when UST depegged, and so many people made like a killing. Um, and and there were like perpetual shorts on FTX, I think, and like there were shorts on Binance. Um, and it's, it's like, I kind of, kind of how I, um, you know, I, I always refer back to the tweet because literally like while I was writing, uh, that tweet where I compared stable coins to mortgage backed securities, uh, this exact scenario was like in my head. So it's like, uh, you know, with, with stable coins, like people are taking all of these assets and then, you know, mashing them together. And users don't really know enough to ensure that they're not taking on too much counterparty risk to make sure that they're maintaining a healthy debt ceiling. Users don't know that. Users don't even know what the hell, you know, any of that is. So when you mint a stable coin, users see that and they're like, oh, stable coin. And, and they're just like, oh, it's stable. It's a triple A rated super mega premium asset. And it could be backed by fucking my Uncle Steve's like goodwill. And Uncle Steve has a lot of goodwill. But unfortunately, when markets turn down, Uncle Steve's goodwill uh, is not quite worth like three billion dollars or whatever the hell. So um, you, like you just need to like separate marketing from technology or marketing from like real, like robust financial instruments. It's like people are taking the simplest shit ever, like, and marketing it like it's the God protocol. And, and really like these things can be described with simple terms and you can like see, okay, how much USD is backing our, uh, you know, uh, debt right now? How much, or, or how many assets in USD? What, what are the various risk profiles of the, these assets? Okay, we're in like a super bull market. Everything's up 100x. Uh, maybe we should, you know, think about, uh, you know, de-risking or whatever. But you sure I'm though? 40% on stables? Like that seems like that'll last for a long time. And I should have all my money there. I, I don't know about easy twenty four. I, I can't easy wait. Now. I can't wait for like the the chain analysis and the the uh, blockchain sleuths to figure out if Justin Sun had anything to do with the UST thing because that would like <laughs> he he comes out with USDD liquidity for UST drops. They're migrating to the four pool. You know, liquidity for the three pool is kind of like at the floor, and then boom, like. 
people start withdrawing liquidity dumping withdrawing liquidity dumping which is like Bro, what you, you can't do see when the you're plan scared. he he literally the guy got himself diplomatic immunity he's dude. over there just Dude, I, I can't even say it. It'll get Dude, snipped. Justin's son is literally <laughs> going to own all the money in the whole world by the time so he's finished. I have a bone hey. to pick, though, and I think this is going to make for a good conversation. Clay, you want to say something before yeah. I do this? No, I've, okay. I've got topics within topics, so go ahead. I just have a few things that I think are interesting. Okay, here's the bone I have to pick, uh, aside from Beavis's camera. So, <laughs> so off the word exploit was exploit. thrown around a lot in regards to – Node 38, who minted a bunch of FUSD and put it on Scream, it was hard-coded to a dollar and pulled out. And the only thing that's been running through my head this whole time is Bebus saying, and you, you use different wording, but essentially you said you have to run your protocol with your most malicious actor in mind. Meaning, did he really exploit the protocol or did he do what was allowed for him to do now, I disagree with it from a moral standpoint, but Definitely. if he didn't do it, somebody else was going to do it. If it's allowed to be done, is it an Honestly, exploit? like straight up, better Noto than anyone else uh, because Noto is a stand-up guy. Um, I am pretty familiar with him, and he's like a really good guy now. This particular set of actions, I definitely don't condone. I, I, I think it is, you know, if, if not a software or technical or arbitrage exploit, it is uh, very exploitative. And, it, you know, it is exploiting, like, inefficiencies in the software. It's exploiting mistakes made by the developers, which, again, like, we're in a trustless environment. You know, you, you need to go slow and be extra careful and double check your work, simulate all your transactions and tenderly, like you can't fuck around. Um, and, you know, we've kind of, uh, or we're trying like leading up to this, like, you know, we, we had built this re a relationship with scream, like, Hey, let's, you know, um, uh, get a little closer so we can help you out. And he kept like drifting further and further and further away um and you know stop listening to us etc and uh you know this happened and we're like all right time to get to work uh so we kind of like pulled him back in and we were like you know you need to get serious now um and you know it, it seems like there's an understanding now that there wasn't before um it, it's it's like i don't know it's a weird really weird situation and it, like there was a wide open, it, it's like having armor and then just having like a huge hole right in the middle of it with like a target painted on it. Um, and like there are, there are very simple standards that you can, you know, enact uh, to make sure stuff like this doesn't happen. Like double checking, you know, simulating your transactions. Um, and it, it's stuff that I think, you know, when you, are like cowboy DeFi when you're like, oh, I'm the best ever. Bah, bah, bah. I can't make mistakes. And you don't simulate, you don't test, you don't double check, you don't be extra careful. Then you just get your freaking butt took. Um, and that's like, well, it happens every else. time with Did all of these. Else else with you. Yeah, I, I write just like for anyone who wants to know, like when I write normal 
web to like web app software. I write a lot of test coverage and it's usually in the nineties, but when I write smart contracts, I make them a hundred percent test coverage because even if there's not an exploit, like I don't want to miss something and have my own funds get stuck and not be able to draw them or whatever. It's like very permanent in some cases. You can't like just, you know, do another push through your CI to like change the thing to make it work again. So it is really important to like test heavily and, and make sure that everything's working as expected. And I think in general, though, there is sort of a question with um, crypto and DeFi and all the things that come along with it of like, you know, what is hacking something versus what is, um, you know, the protocol is there, it can't be changed, it does what it does. So like on one hand, anything that you're able to do and interact with it, is that okay? Versus like using it in a way that it wasn't intended to be used is that not okay? Yeah. And then there, there's the like ethics and morals, and then there's the actual legal question. And I'm not, I would, be, I'm not an expert on this, but I, it's like not super clear that there's anything illegal about about doing that. If, if well, you're like, I mean, if it's I not think, illegal, why they freeze in, in civil court? Finance. finance doesn't have to do anything, uh, like, because they have a terms of service that it's not like yeah. the law says that finance has to freeze their funds. Like finance just did it because like finance can do whatever they want. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's 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 definitely a gray area. I think it's just like you know, whenever like my whenever I go into some kind of DeFi operation or whenever I'm writing code, my base assumption, you know, for all of the like you know training I do and all of the like research I do trying to be a good security engineer, my base level assumption is that I'm retarded. Um, excuse the word, but it's like, you know, when Easy I'm doing this stuff, you know, Easy I just assume word. that I'm going to, I'm going to make every mistake that is possible to make. And I'm going to like, I still like whenever I send a transaction that has, you know, you know, I think about the value of the transaction Okay, I go into Tenderly, I simulate it. I'm like, is this right? I go into Tenderly again, I simulate it. Okay, okay, this looks good. I launch it, I sweat, and then I look at it again after I'm done, and I'm like, okay, I think we're good. And then I make sure everything is okay after that, and I'm like, yep. ooh, okay. Michael Kennedy said something that is totally wrong. You can absolutely have 100% test coverage and deploy. I have done it many times. Yeah. Like it's there. The, the, that's the other thing about like a smart contract is it's not actually that much code because of the contract size limits and gas limits and stuff like that. So there are like there are maybe situations that it's it's too hard or not worth generating test coverage for because it's like a super edge case and you understand what the failure would do and yada yada yada. But I've definitely done 100% test coverage on statements, functions, branches, like you can get to 100% test coverage. But this is yeah. before you guys uh, deploy, though. I think you're being a yeah. little too nice. After like, you deploy, too. Yeah. Right? After you deploy, Okay, too, okay. Well, that's... Like, that's you, you, tenderly well. tenderly so, costs like 20 bucks a month or something. Okay. You know, and, and a team account, you know, we, we pay maybe 200 bucks for all our security engineers and all of our protocol developers. And that gives us the power to say, we're going to send this transaction to this smart contract. Yeah. Now what's going to happen? Okay. Um, and we can see oh. exactly what will happen. Isn't and I think the FUSD thing. 
like just straight negligence. Like I just want to say this Thank out you. loud because you just have to monitor your markets. This has been 18 days. All you have to do is go on the site that your protocol made, scroll down and look at what's going on. FUSD was yeah. continuously borrowed against in the millions for days. Not one day. Didn't catch it on yeah. day one. Didn't catch it on day two. Not day 10. Not day 15. <laughs> it was day 18. Like I hear you guys simulate your transactions. Do do whatever you well, want. But, but so this is the basic basic no, level of, of that is what we're talking protocol. about. And like that's what uh, you know. Greg just said that, you know, test coverage is a bad metric. Test quality is what's important, which yeah. I agree with. Like, you can cover your code and not actually check the values and, like, it, it's not actually useful. I mean, like, I have, like, when I try and do it, at least, maybe I am missing something. But, like, I do write test coverage where I'm then checking the expected results. And so if you're, like, I have, you, you can, like, fork the chain and, like, run tests locally, use tenderly, things like that. But usually what I would do is, like, if I'm making a change that has... A big impact then you think about why are you making this change what's the desired outcome of it and like test for that so if you're setting something to zero so that it can't be used have a test that makes sure that that's true and if it still works then you didn't actually do the thing that you were trying to do so uh, i had a couple of topics within topics one of which is already being discussed which is this is episode 37 and i just looked back and of eight of the nine last episodes, we've had some conversation around a hack, an exploit, millions of dollars being taken, something. So to me, that says a couple of things. One, if it can be hacked, it will. I think that if we haven't learned that by now, then we're getting ourselves in this ecosystem. And and I'm, you know, I don't even I don't even discredit the hackers. Like obviously that's their full time job. Uh, but I think the bigger <laughs> the bigger picture here is that. Uh, there's no like everything's about speed and there's not a lot of attention to detail. And like, I'm not a dev, but like, do we need to slow down and start to like, we're dealing with millions and millions of dollars, our own theirs. Everyone's like, there's just not a lot of attention to detail. Clearly if you're you know, hard pegging things to $1 and then setting the, the borrowing limits to infinite, like there's obviously an oversight there. So, you know, like what do we need to I do mean, as an think, ecosystem to slow down? I think, it is like people don't think adversarially enough and kind of like one of the first things we drill into uh, all of our engineers is like, you need to think like the world is out to get you. Um, and, and like to double sharps point, like it is a hundred times easier when you're a developer or when you're a team of developers to just take your time and do things right before they cause an issue. Because up to that point, you are the only factor in the equation. It's like, you have all the time you need to sit down, do your testing, do your simulating, and do things right. But once it is deployed, suddenly it's you versus a thousand or 10,000, you know? And maybe only five of those people actually know enough to exploit FUSD, or maybe only 10, or maybe only 20. But when you are working on a bunch of different things and you have a bunch of stuff on your mind, you don't have someone dedicated to DevOps, you don't have a bunch of monitoring tools yet, and you're not really at that point in maturity, like you need to front load all of this activity. You need to like be really defensive so that you don't have to run security ops with probably a team that's already tired against people who probably just woke up after you know nine hours of sleep we're like, hmm, time to make $8 million today minting against FUSD or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's like you, you're, you're generally not going to beat those guys. 
um, because they're like, you have a focus everywhere. You need to be defensive. You need to come out the gate ready for these people. Um, otherwise, it's going to happen every time. It, it's like not even negligence to a certain extent. It's like you could have the most alert dev in the world. And if he ships buggy code, you can't know every bug. You know, you can't have like, you know, 100% pure God mode knowledge, especially a system like Compound, which is like probably like most laden with technical debt of any like high blue chip DeFi company ever. Like it's hard to manage. And especially in production, it's hard to manage. And it's like you have an infinite amount of time until deployment. And then it's just a ticking time bomb. Um, and this is more for developers. This is like, I like telling stuff like this to community members because then they can start holding developers accountable because I can't always like, you know, be inside of everyone's ass, uh, and, you know, telling them to slow down. And uh, also like giving, like it is, I've been on, on, you know, with people like stressed out about what, like I want this now. And like, people want you to like get stuff done right away. And even like, you know, looking in the screen discord, people are like, you need to publish something on medium. You need to do this. You need to do this. It's like, everyone wants something like really fast, which. And if know, that's the problem. People, like you need to literally yeah. these, these users, like, dude, the stuff I see on Twitter, like it's, it's almost comic how, how unhinged it is and like separated from reality. Like what people ask for, like, as if I can just pull stuff out of my ass, it like, is like, Dude, yep. what? Um, and, and the problem is, like, they're comparing it to, for example, like, you know, a two-man crew that's whipping out a master chef, you know, like, boilerplate in a day and maybe taking, like, a week on the front end and a week to do marketing. And they're like, everything should be like that. And it's like, relax. Relax. <laughs> Dude, that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, yeah i mean i think it because it, it's i'm gonna get tan and sexy one of these days <laughs> for you. I, I do think that like users need to understand that stuff is hard and takes time and that there's often not as many people working on something as you suspect and that they're not getting as much sleep as you might think that they are and like cut them some slack because if you are trying to do something the right way and then you have 100 people yelling at you to go faster like you do feel that pressure like if you're not sleeping you're under stress already it doesn't help to like yeah. add to it so i don't necessarily know that like everybody needs to slow down but um i do think that it is important to i mean this is i guess goes all all the way back to like do your own research stuff right like if if you don't actually know how people are developing the thing and you don't know what standards they're using and all that stuff then like that's maybe a red flag that like in the future there could be some something that they missed um so yeah. just, instead I, of making I, demands ask questions if you're a user and you are not like a programmer or you're not really in deep on the technical side of some software industry then just ask questions that is, that should be your ultimate path to getting what you want is ask the right questions and help guide answers like really the the people that we are trying to serve are the people who are curious and supportive. Those are the people who are like, okay, we'll tell you anything you want to, you want to know, you know, like this shit is not easy. Um, and, you know, if you want us to go a certain direction, then you need to ask questions and get involved. And that's really like 
the long and short of it. And and to Double Sharp's earlier point about how like smart contract systems are small, like we have one and a half people per like entire smart contract project because any more than that would be too much. We have one guy that is the core developer for that project. And then we have half a guy, which a lot of times is me, one of our security engineers, um, backing up, checking work, making sure there's test coverage, making sure that they have someone to talk to and making sure that, uh, you know, there's some type of uh, rapport, making sure they have someone to pair program with when they're implementing something difficult. Um, that's like, that's, that's kind of the extent because any more is like insane. And like people always point out like, ah, oh, you, you know, bike masons have 35 people on their team. You know, we have 20 engineers, but we're also working on like, you know, four projects, like, you know, three or four peripheral things, you know, it's, it's like programming is not a let's throw humans at the problem thing. It's like, you know, otherwise companies would be like way more successful than they are, or it would be way easier to do things than it is. And like the classic thing is, you know, you have a software startup that's doing really good. Instagram, for example, had 13 engineers that's it by the time they were acquired by Google or not Google, Facebook, or it could have been even nine. Um, but like, and then Facebook threw infinite amounts of engineers at them and now they're iterating way slower. Um, and it's like, you know, Facebook is good at, at developing software. So, you know, they're doing a lot of, you know, infrastructural things, uh, which is so, why they're not iterating as quickly, but it, it's the same deal. It's like, you need to understand that software is like a fickle beast and it, it is not intuitive like like you might expect. Working on it is not something that is easy for the uninitiated to understand. And I can give you reading materials if you'd like to understand, definitely. Um, All right. Yeah, All right. So yeah, hold on. Talking. Fanny's drop panties. We've been on this topic for too long. We're going to lose people. Clay, right. do you, you want to go I mean, on? Software is so awesome. I mean, <laughs> like there, there was a comment that said hard type of value and set borrow limit to infinite is not a bug. That is attention to detail. And so I'm sorry. That's just the bottom line. And it happens way too often. There needs to be, look, it's a top five blue chip protocol. Go to DeFi Llama. It holds the fifth. Dude, TVL it's it's like, a top, it's a lending protocol on Phantom. Calling it like a blue chip protocol or a top five. Within Phantom it like, is. It's 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 like not the same. Like it it, it is really 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 not like equating this stuff to Ethereum is like equating like you know a bodega to like uh, Wegmans. You know, it's like uh, (laughs) where 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 I was trying to go with this is that the the ultimate comment that came at the end of their thread was uh, um, solely relying on Chainlink oracles going forward. Like if we map this back to the beginning, it's hard coded you know pegged to one dollar on both stable coins. Like, is that like? Do we have a problem within the ecosystem? So Blizz and Blizz and what's their base like? They use Chainlink and that didn't work out. Like Chain, like saying like we're going to use Chainlink is not actually a yeah. solution unless you. I mean, it was a solution until and, Luna dropped below. I mean, it's a solution if you design your oracles correctly. Yeah, nothing like you can you can implement like you could say like you can implement anything and like not miss something or not do it correctly. And they're and like, it doesn't actually solve the problem. So just being like, I'm going to use a shovel to do like, it depends on how you use it. Like what were you trying to like hammer in nails? Or, well, or I hear that. that double, but you got to catch it at some point, man. Like, no, okay, no, I, hard, I, I yeah, totally agree. We, yeah, we, we get it, but a dollar, but you don't check on it for 18 it's, days. It's, realize, realize as well, like, 
all of these tools to figure all of this stuff out, like to to have this attention to detail, like we're in essentially the Wild West. We don't have any fucking tooling. You need to build everything yourself. And like Compound, I'm sure, has a huge suite of DevOps and monitoring tools that Scream does not have and is probably never going to gain access to. And maybe a year from now, if they're still around and they have like a few more employees, maybe they have a DevOps guy or a DevSecOps guy, you know, keeping an eye on everything. Maybe at that point, they'll have some of those tooling. But it's like, it's easy, you know, it is, it's, it's just really difficult. Um, and like, I, I think saying like, catch it or, you know, have an attention to detail to be able to spot it out is like way, 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 a hundred thousand times harder than it is to just go slow. But um, is an option to have standard operating procedure in place, which institutes best practices that doesn't include hard coding or non-pay? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, not to do that. Everybody was saying that was, you know, ridiculous. And I think it's like a practice that was inherited from the very, very early days. Um, and, you know, the, the fact of the matter is they thought FUSD was off. Um, and they weren't going to do that again. Doing it like, you know, when I heard Day was going to make its way onto Scream with a hard-coded peg, I literally screamed. I was like hitting at DMs <laughs> and like fudding the fuck out of everything. And, you know, it, it, it's a problem that was identified and mitigated. It was just mitigated in such a way that it wasn't mitigated. Because uh, like, think about think about being the person who didn't write Compound. And keep in mind, Compound is like, spaghetti like the worst code base in DeFi, and i hope saying that does not get me in trouble i think compound is a well-run organization you know you and know. robert lesnar is really handsome uh but um <laughs> the code base like imagine if setting something to zero like the deposit cap thinking that would be equal to infinite in reality it's like zero equals no deposit cap which okay understandable um, and, and, you know, if you had read the right series of, of lines of code, then sure. And I think like definitely there are some issues with like, you know, have you read through the entire code base top to bottom? And the thing is like, who's, who's managing Scream? I don't think Scream has like a core developer who's read through compound top to bottom. I think he's just getting helped, uh, by other projects. Um, so, you know, um, just a scream for I Okay. Listen, he made a mistake. Right. Projects make mistakes. I just want to kind of draw the line here. I think we're getting a little too far into their business practices because yeah. the whole die or D whatever dying market, big mistake, LTV, 85%, big mistake, leaving FUSD on cap, big mistake, but not everybody's is so nice as you like you would describe. Like for you to say that, um, you know, Scream isn't quite like handling things right. Well, there's other projects that are in the space that are, are direct competitors to Scream that didn't even. No, I have not a single goddamn Scream. That's funny to say. <laughs> but there's other projects in the space that you might consider better or uh, their code base better, but they they knew about this insolvency for days. So. Not everybody is a good person in this space. And for you to just kind of like shit on Scream, I get it. They made a big mistake, but shit happens. Like your Scream Vault's money gets stuck. Like stuff happens. And it's unfortunate, but they need to improve. Yeah. 
they were negligent in, in, in even monitoring their markets. Forget test coverage and test quality. Um, but st- well, like, I guess I guess we're kicking just a dead horse, about, right? Like, can we just can we just go to, to the next topic? I mean, yeah, I think we're we we're like getting caught. This is like CB, semantic. So, CB, I'm laughing because if I don't. If I don't my, laugh, I'm gonna. My cry. final comment, though, is like it's not one thing. You have to have a like a culture around security, and that involves like a lot of different things. Yeah, Speed, testing, I, I, like all sorts of stuff. So I just all wanted right. to get in the, the philosophical oracle discussion of like is chain link. Don't you fucking one... dare, bro! We've just been on this. <laughs> Keep your philosophical uh, oracle shit. I, I can add that in, in two minutes. Chainlink is great as long as you have a, a fallback oracle that is purely on chain. I yeah. think Chainlink first, TWAP second, and then if you're MakerDAO, you can have a tertiary uh, security oracle, oracle that measures volatility and rates of change. Um, uh, but I would say Chainlink is the best solution. Straight up, Chainlink is the number one solution. The Luna shit they did aside, uh, Chainlink, uh, their architecture is, is number one. Also, multi-sig stuff on Chainlink uh, I would like them to comment on that. That's another kind of alarming thing. But, you know, I, I'm sure if we dug into band or API 3, uh, there would be similar so was, range foibles. But so chain link number one, purely it. on chain number two. Problem solved. Yo, 24, can we start a rap group named TWAP? I just I just feel like this is an underused name that we should definitely get into. Definitely. All right, so we're moving on. We're done with that shit. That was we spent way too long on that. All right. I agree, Smith. Incentives changes. Get coin to deploy on Phantom Mainnet. I, I want to take you guys on a little emotional journey that I had. And uh, let me let me uh, make this bigger so we can all see it. So I saw this I tweet. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. Boop. All right. So I saw this tweet, and uh, and I read our community feedback has been loud and clear. And at that point, I just I just felt so excited that something of like real substance had been heard and was being executed on from the top down. And then I read the next line that said, "Gitcoin will deploy on Phantom Mainnet." And I wanted to pick up my Herman Miller chair and throw it through the fucking window because nothing about that has been the community feedback uh, that has been given at this stage of the game. It has, I'm, it has been some community feedback. It, it was there. I it was, was there. But like, but like it's it's peppered into like there's been a whole lot of community feedback uh, going on. And I love that Gitcoin will deploy here. I love it. And it took them seven months to deploy on Arbitrum. And now it's delayed that even further. And it's like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> that's all I felt was, yeah. God damn it. And when I heard that, was it Arbitrum? Yeah, you, guys said, you guys are welcome to disagree with me on that. I did advocate for deploying on Phantom versus Ethereum mainnet because it does, if, if the plan is to use Gitcoin, then it makes it way easier than having to get your users to bridge to Ethereum or already have. ETH and then participate in it. Like that was definitely going to be a roadblock for, for people participating. That said, the part that I think you didn't get to in the tweet that I thought was a little uh, frustrating was the like it, it delays things again. And like a big part of the problem wasn't the exact uh, that it was going to be Gitcoin. It's that, you know, the old incentives program ended. There's this large gap before the new, new incentives start. And now that is even longer and it also seems like there's a third party who has agreed to do it and will hopefully do it soon but at the end of the day 
I don't know what their summer vacation plans are, or whatever. So like, who knows <laughs> when it actually happens? So that's like the main concern. It just, it, so the, here's the problem, you know, I mean, if, if I'm on the side of, you know, a river and my leg is off and I'm fucking bleeding out, right. And you, and you come along and you tell me, all right, ambulance is coming, but it's a few months away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to stop the bleeding, man. It's better than telling you to like walk a couple hey. miles to the ambulance, but like, yeah, I don't know. It, it yeah, does. Herman Miller it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily address a gap in funding. That said, I mean, just to, I don't actually know the details, but I do know the foundation was reaching out to projects and talking to them. And so there is like a potential that part of that is, is helping them with. I, I got feedback from four of those projects and I'm, I'm, I have nothing to tell you. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think this is a We're... bit of a damned if you do damned, if you don't scenario, right? Like the options were, Go back to the old grant program, put parameters around it, fix it, redeploy it. Probably would have been a decent solution. Clearly not going to happen. Go the Gitcoin route, deploy it on Ethereum. Obviously would have had mass limitations and would probably, you know, arguably not be successful at all. They pivoted from that, put it on Phantom. I mean, like overall of the options, this is the best option. It just might take six months to deploy. Like having Phantom at checkout on Gitcoin is going to be hugely helpful on mainnet. It just is going to take a long time. So, I mean, there's got to be there's there is some positives to it. Like yeah. of the options, it's probably a better option than what we were going down. It is like, an improvement we were, from where we were. No question. It is, it is. I I don't so, understand. I mean, like, I would love to look at like Gitcoin's front end or whatever, and see how they right. built it. That it takes six months to add another chain. Uh, that, and all their code is on GitHub, so I just think that that's what I was saying. Like, I don't know what their like their team is or like priorities are. Like, like they already have multi-chain functionality, uh, but I know for a fact as well, which is like tells me this might have been built nightmare style on checkout at Gitcoin. <laughs> and Gitcoin's awesome, guys. By the way, um, definitely if you haven't checked out Gitcoin grants, it's how we fund like a lot of public goods uh, in the Ethereum space. But I digress. If you go to checkout um, on Gitcoin, uh, I'm pretty sure instead of like a dropdown um, for like selecting a chain or whatever, they have one button that's for like XDAI or one button that's for ZK rollups. And then they have one button that's for mainnet Ethereum. And then they have a modal that pops up after you click the button, like explaining some stuff and letting you choose parameters. So knowing what I know about software, I have a feeling uh, it might be uh, a lot of spaghetti in there. So, um, and I imagine the person that originally built it uh, is long gone at this point. Um, that is my assumption based on the timeframes that have been quoted to me. Um, and I've also offered to just straight up do it for Gitcoin. Uh, and like, you know, um, like if you like, why not? I'll do it for Gitcoin. I'm sure like I straight up, like we could throw like a junior dev of ours at them and they would probably be able to get it done uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Um, 
I don't I don't I know what the what the delay is, to be honest. And hopefully there isn't one. Hopefully it is really as easy as, you know, they're they're well organized, you know, throw the phantom RPC inside the JSON, throw your asset pointers inside your JSON or whatever file, and now you're good to go. Um, but Okay. I don't know. I mean, I th- All right. I well I think there were I, no there's competing competing opinions here, which I'm I like. I mean, I, I just don't think we're any worse off than we were, you know, last week. Like no, yeah, certainly not. not. It's better. It's better to not deploy on Ethereum, and we've checked that box. But like from this point, like let's talk about what actually needs to happen for this to be successful in six months. Uh, communication on the execution, absolutely pivotal. Haven't seen anything, you know, outside of just the the, the tweets and whatever. Like that's so paramount in this point going forward. Like you got to instill some trust. Uh, timing of the integration needs to be so transparent and public that we know exactly what's going on. And then complete details are on the matches. Like I saw the first round was going to be 3 million phantom matched. Is that still the case? You know, what's it like, like we, we need complete clarity on that stuff. And that's what I hope to see soon. The line that got me, what really grinds my gears to quote Peter Griffin was uh, our community feedback has been loud and clear. And it was followed up by Gitcoin is moving to phantom. Like, yeah, I mean, really just like when it dinkled, dinkled me. I was, yeah. I was very dinkled by that. <laughs> I got to be honest. So, yeah. all right, let's move on because we have some more topics that are important. And I, hopefully you guys can, <laughs> can drop some, some info in here. So what happened with day? What, what was the actual mechanism that like went loopy doopty? Who's got this one? Somebody's got to have, I, I don't I, know I, what I happened. Oh, you want to 24? Oh, no, I was just saying, uh, like, short point, I'm not going into it deep, but uh, inherently the backing, no, it used to be 0.8 per die or D, whatever the hell that's called, and now it's like 0.4, so that's probably Um, one of the biggest things, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, basically, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but um, they were taking on a lot of risk in that 20% of your position needs to be Deus when Deus has pumped to the moon. Um, you know, Deus ain't what it used to be. And when you're minting stable coins, if $500 of your mint is Deus and, you know, whatever, 80%, $4,000 of your, uh, uh, dude, is my math wrong? Whatever. Uh, 3,500, whatever the hell, uh, um, dollars of your position is let's say usdc if deus goes down 50 percent um then you know that gap there is uncollateralization and when you add to that uh all of the exploitations and loss of funds like you have that 14 million dollar day exploit uh from the uh spot read oracle you had the curve pool exploit um, with the uh, solidly stable swap oracle, um, you know, and I think there might have been a couple more, to be honest. I'm not uh, 100% sure, but that is a lot of day minted on the heads of holders. Um, and when you're like holding on to day, um, or when you're like, uh, you know, a stablecoin holder of day, all of that counterparty risk is moved onto your head and it becomes like DPEG risk. Um, and when you like literally as a stablecoin holder, 
you are acting as the other side of that trade because there's the, I'm putting my collateral in and then there are the stable coin holders. They're like, hi, we're going to hold all this risk and we're going to shove it inside this stable coin. And again, like I think stable coin is a misnomer in a lot of cases. And now they have this stable coin that is maybe not backed by the best collateral. Um, you know, maybe Uncle Steve's well wishes, uh, you know, started to run dry uh, in the past few months here. And I think we've all felt it. Um, and then you add on top of that the kind of algo stable mania going on post UST where people aren't really acting um, in their best interests. When you rely on an algorithm and you rely on game theory to keep peg, when people are spooked to a degree which they're not going to play the game properly and they're just going to yank money out, freak out, redeem, X, Y, Z, then you're just going to lose all your good collateral. And that's how you end up with you know, a 30, 40 percent um, collateral floor on what should have been 80 percent. So it's just like a clusterfuck a little bit um, of, of mistakes. And, and they contributed to the scream insolvency. Uh, they they are one of the largest borrowers against DAI or DI, whatever the hell you call it. So that's a big problem as well, where you're using, uh, I guess, team funds to borrow or team funds, lending it and borrowing real stables and using the real stables to hold up the peg. And there was announcements on their Discord, which to me, I don't understand why anyone would be, feel safe when your leader is saying, yeah, Roosh will bring us back to peg. What does that what does that have to do with protocol? Like, just just our, our honorary mentioning of Rouge on episode thirty. Yeah, like oh the next twenty four hours he'll bring it back to Peg. Hey everyone, front run us. Oh wait, he doesn't bring it back to Peg, but you guys are trying to bring us back like come on man. So I got I, so, I do you know, I like Lafayette a lot. I think he's a really visionary guy. Like I truly, truly do. Yeah, and I think he's doing a lot at one time. Uh, which is not like uncommon. We've seen other people who we shall not name do a lot at one time. And, uh, you know, I have heard chatters that there may be some, some things in the works to bring it back up to peg. I will tell you, uh, I didn't have enough confidence to buy it though. I, you know, I mean, and, mean, and it appears that nobody else does either. I think that they've made it fairly clear as to what their plan is, like whether it's going to work or not. Like, like I mean, let's go a little bit conspiracy theorist route that that because they've been pretty quiet about all of this outside of you know outside of just answering questions. Discord, not a ton of Twitter communication, not a ton of like public, you know, like turmoil response. And the sort of the more you know the like basically the stuff that I've read is is that. They're bonding it back up to 100% of stable backing. They knew that the, the algo route was not going to work. And so they're going with this Deus Treasury bonds method. And they turned off redemptions and the AMO that keeps the peg. So it's not so the, the conspiracy theory is that this isn't actually a death spiral, but basically a planned maintenance to shift strategies of the backing to then shift to this Treasury bond system, um, which is then going to maintain the peg for day, which I don't know whether that's factor fiction or people are just kind of pulling that out of their ass but like that that is you know i i actually kind of get that feeling by how kind of casually they have taken this unpegging and, uh, and how has opinions uh, he, <laughs> I mean, he just to, breathed real heavy into the microphone i mean we, that's to, i'm just telling you what the what yeah the, uh, i mean i'm not i'm not gonna voice my is. opinions uh yet it's like i keep a lot of opinions to myself 
because you know these are my peers and and for the health of the ecosystem i don't want to uh so fud uh you know what i mean but um, yeah. i would say as you know day as community members in the audience just work on holding their team accountable and work on making sure their team knows the value of slowing down and understands the value of security and make sure that you let them know you prioritize your safety and your you know mitigation of downside risk above getting infinite developments out as fast as possible because you know that is up to you the community because when people get excited like about a new development or a new like feature every week or every two weeks that isn't like purely front end. Like if they're deploying brand new code, brand new smart contracts, going crazy with their Oracle uh, every week, it's like um, just as a community, just say, hey, guys, slow down. We're okay with you, you know, following best practice. I know it's slow and I know it's boring and I know it's annoying for us maybe, uh, but just take some of that pressure off as a community because they seem pretty new um, to DeFi development. They seem um, relatively uninitiated. Uh, and, and I think they just need to understand that it's okay to go slow. And right now they have a ton of recovering to do. Um, they have a lot of, they, they have a mountain to climb, to be honest. Um, and it's I just a matter wonder, of... Though, like, what, what would have been the thing to do as they is de-pegging and going down? Like if if it's the thing would have been that... to not do the twenty things they did intentionally to get to this point. But now, like, wait, I thought you were gonna hold off. But I I am still curious though. Like, what if the ammo was turned off, the peg was not meant to be stabilized, and they are shifting? Because like, if you look at the article, it says we believe a comp a, a confident peg at one dollar and fully collateralized backing is the only answer to resolve short-term peg stability. So clearly they've lost confidence in the algo model and they were shifting I mean, that. So just hear me out. What if this die, this day's treasury bond thing actually already has capital backers lined up and your idea is that you're going to supply a stable coin for a stable coin with a time lock, with payback principal maturity, just like the U.S. government issues bonds. And they already have a shitload of people lined up to buy these things and we just don't know it. Like, could they, like that is 1,000% plausible. They could just that hard be code great. It to a dollar and call it. A I bank. think that would be good. great, just... but I think it's like <laughs> a, a a literal like. And if you read like any of my articles on LRN.fi, it's like they are putting themselves at a severe competitive disadvantage, putting themselves in a ton of debt to make this stuff happen. Um, and oh, did we interrupt Clay again? I did. I did. It's it's not oh, your fault. Don't worry. Um, I did it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, there needs to be a technical I, solution, and I think the 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 algo works if you monitor it properly and if you know how to use it. And I think those are the two big problems because it's eighty. It's it's designed to be you know fifty to eighty plus percent collateralized, and you know. Again, you know, I, I go from uh, saying, ah, oh, you know, you can't monitor th these things properly. But when you're like doing monetary policy, like you only need to monitor two parameters, all the day in existence and your backing. Um, and you should have those like on displayed on your homepage for your users. 
like display it like and be like, hey, here's what's happening. So that even if you're not watching, your users can be like, hey, what the hell is up with this? Um, yep. But I, yeah, I to your point, Clay, I mean, I, I think they've gotten out of previous situations and I think they if, if they play their cards correctly, they can get out of this one. I think there just needs to yeah. be some structural change yeah. and some process. I, agree. I, mean, the I mean, bailouts work. That is they do work. Somebody yeah. bail me out. Give like me that. a trillion dollars. <laughs> we have to talk. About, if we have to talk about communication on this show one more time, I'm going to rant through <laughs> a wall. Like, hire a legit PR or marketing or whatever. Just get ahead of it. Because honestly, like, what if the scenario I just laid out, which was I've listened hire to Lafa speak. Don't hire me. But like, I've listened to Lafa speak a lot, and his whole principle is that the best. Monetary policy is is governed by the Fed. So say what you want about that, personal opinions aside. And that is done through U.S. Treasury bonds. And so his vision for the only way that these stable coins are going to work is to be backed by a treasury system, which he's implementing for days bonds. My assumption would be that if that is his go-to route, he's got a bunch of people lined up. If they're going to start with USDC fracks and die, there's some people sitting on the other fucking side waiting to implement this thing because he's not just going to let stablecoin die and then let the rest of everything goes fall to shit. I don't know. It's a bit of assumptions, but he's made it very, very clear that, you know, there's they've got a model for for payback principle after maturity. And that staggering out these bonds means that when the maturity is due, there's going to alleviate sell pressure along the line. So as this thing gets more mature and more bonds are sold, you know, there should be legitimate backing of stable coins one-to-one against day look i have no idea whether it's going to play out that way but that's the vision so let's see what happens i mean it's i I, I can see what i can see what he's trying to do yeah i do want to clarify bailouts work for the person getting the money that was true like if somebody and when i say pretty sweet bailout deal for you like i'm not saying that it's like necessarily the right thing but if like you have a monetary shortfall and somebody gives it to you like that look at look at dracon's comment there you go. Hey, what he... up, buddy? All right, so there's. Then let's go. Can we move on to the next topic? You guys okay with that? Uh, all right, let's do it. So, what is this all about? Gas price estimates mm. being added to the SFC. Does this mean that MetaMask will be able to uh, properly estimate network gas now? Because I'll tell you, that would really it, fix a lot of shit. Well. It, so since this topic was added yesterday, it is out of date and it has been implemented last night. I, I was Ooh. like randomly just looking around. And so the SFC was updated last night before I went to bed. Um, and I took a look at it and it has uh, um, updates for um, the validators to report gas price usages uh, so that you can get an accurate estimate of what the minimum gas price the val- validator will accept will be and then it um it, it can increment by five percent per epoch so if it's it, that should help smooth out any any spikes um in, like the plan would be that the validators are going to respect these um, lower gas prices and then you also don't have people just like not knowing and putting in a really high number which ends up bumping up uh the total gas price of the network unnecessarily so it, I actually didn't check lately, but I saw some people last night talking about how uh, gas was down to 100 way again, which is where it, um, where the gas prices started. That was right after it, it was released. Um, but they should still be, um, uh, you know, lower and more like a smoother curve than they were before without seeing such huge spikes. 
sitting at 249 across the board. Fast. Yeah, not bad. Rapid. The highest highest paid gas price in the last 30 blocks was 550 guay. The lowest was 250 guay. So that's pretty low. I always add a one in front of whatever yeah, this is. I, I, I click the wheel and just just jack it up. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't I mean shouldn't have to do that anymore. So try not doing it. <laughs> Fine. All right. So what is this next topic that transaction fees scheduled to be removed from the total supply? What does that mean? Oh yeah. So that was another thing, actually again, scheduled now also being done. Okay. Um so the like I was saying earlier, there's Geth for Ethereum, that's what um, GoOpera is based on. In the EIP-1559 code, it changed a little bit. But before that, all of the mining fees went to the Coinbase address, which is the miner. Um, after EIP-1559, the, the base fee is burned. The tip goes to the miner. But that doesn't happen in on, on Opera on Phantom. Um, there is no payment as part of that transaction. Those rewards are recorded as part of uh, some metrics that get reported to the SFC when each epoch is sealed, and that uh, those fees are then distributed as rewards to um, people who are staking. So the um, the what, what's changed now is that because people are paying gas fees, those are effectively being burned when the transactions run, um, and then now when those are reported to the SFC, they're actually getting subtracted from the total supply. And then they get added back in when people claim their rewards. So it uh, keeps the total supply that's tracked by the SFC um, accurate to the, the actual supply. Let's go. Let's go. All right. A lot of cool development shit happen in the bottom. So uh, the final topic is one that Clay uh, popped in there. So I really want to turn this over to you, buddy. Uh, the future of bribes in a down market governance token value which at this point you guys know that little that little gif where the guy's watching the green candle and all of a sudden it goes red and it shoots through the bottom of his desk and hits him in the foot <laughs> and this you know that's kind of what i feel like we're, we're dealing with right now but what what did you want to chat about on this one i mean i just you know kind of open forum of, of where we thought bribes were headed in the bear market i mean it's like it's been an interesting thing to watch this play out because it's really like there's an ROI for these bribes. I, you know, I'm not sure who calculates it or where it's tracked, but like I've sort of watched them go up and down based on what other protocols are willing to do. And now the market sucks and the bribes are much lower than they've been. And obviously there's just everyone sort of pulling back on, on allocating funds that way. But like, do we see a complete shift from, uh, you know, holding governance tokens, having a lot of value for bribes or not? And obviously I haven't, you know, I'm, as, as a backstreet boy, I haven't changed much of my allocations, but, um, but, you know, I, I think that there's still a lot of value in collecting bribes uh, in this shitty market. And so Dude, there, there's a lot of value in it. I think the bribes are indicative of where the overall market is. So, you know, they are dropping with the market and are pretty much always hovering in a relative space. And for anyone that's shitting on uh, Sebastian, uh, or thinks his comments are, are serious. He's joking. Uh, he's our friend uh, and somebody that we actually, he's one of the few we've met in real life. He's a real piece of shit. I'm just kidding. Bribes, bribes, <laughs> will yield. bribes will move with yield. And I think what people are underestimating right now uh, is yields are down, but you look at them, you're like, oh, they're not down that much. But um, 
the the amount in U.S. dollars that they are down is uh, big mode, uh, to say the least. Um, so it's like, even though it may be just a drop from 60% to 20%, um, that's... 60% on a pool of 10 million as opposed to 20% on a pool of two and a half million, you know, so it's like compounding, compounding. So right now, like bribing is just not worth much. Um, and, you know, as a briber, but as down, a user, it's free down. money, you know, on our end. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. As a user, it's free money, but like you're just not going to get many bribes. Uh, yeah, know, the bribes they're very, very cool. low. Like especially, um, and they're going to just be that way until we're we're back in the upward direction. Unfortunately, it sucks, but hmm. is what it is. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? So everybody, learn the word runway. Learn the word runway. And if you're asking any questions in any Discord of any project, that should be the one that you're asking. What is your runway? Can you survive if we go into an extended down market? Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to see the projects with runway gobbling up the ones without. And there will probably be some M&A happening. There will probably be some, some projects going away. Um, I can tell you that you know your core phantom projects uh, are 99% sure they're going to survive, uh, you know, unless we just go into apocalyptic mode but uh you know bebus you you guys put out an announcement the other day that you moved some of your phantom into usdc for this very reason right yeah yeah or i wish i had done it a month ago but uh yeah we uh we Not had that all. relief pump up to like 40 some cents and, and and we were like having a dinner um and we were like god damn it and we just like had to stop uh, dinner and ran to our uh, multi-sig laptops and um, <coughs> liquidated some some cash. Dude, uh, when uh, I think of a Bite Mason's dinner, I think of Illuminati sitting around a table with like hoods on, <laughs> like y'all and your skull masks, like sitting there eating dinner, <laughs> pentaveret or some shit like that. I don't even remember. All right, what we ate, but we we did have like a uh, a bunch of like gummies dipped in chamoy, and we had like adrenochrome and whatever. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. Weird. I think I think we've we've pretty much uh, shit on everyone known to man on this episode. I'm sorry for anyone that tuned in. Hey, do a favor though, like the video and subscribe to the channel. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. You know what? We're here to support the community uh, in whatever way we can do so, and sometimes that means giving positive perspectives, and sometimes that means giving risk off perspectives and you know take it for what it's worth man uh we're you know we're here ride or die and it's been a difficult few weeks like i just speaking personally you know this has always been a passion project for me and i've been personally struggling a lot with it lately and i've been expressing that to people um and i think the reason maybe i'm struggling is that my main contact has been with the projects and the projects are struggling and you know, the only thing I want to do is try and help stop the bleeding. And I haven't felt like I've gotten a lot of help from the people you would think would really want to help them. So uh, anyhow, what, however that shakes out and whatever that looks like in the coming few weeks, I don't know. But we're here. We're continuing. Fucking Phantom Unchained. Let's get the hell out of here. My name's Austin with FTM Alerts. As always, with Crypto Clay, $24, double sharp. Justin, swole, Bebus. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel.
Justin, going to be fat in six months. <laughs> <laughs>